0: You are listening to a Hillbilly Horror Stories Classic episode. It's about to be a fun
1: ride, follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights, goosebumps all through the night, mixing just a little. I can't, won't ever change, these two here, they got the recipe, sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, ain't, welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories, and now here's your host, Jerry
0: and Tracy Pauly, and their dog, Ninja. All right, welcome everybody to episode 70 of Hillbilly Horror Story. If it uh, sounds a little bit different, it's because we're recording from a different location this week. We moved out of the bedroom and into the dining room.
2: Move it on up. Oh, <laughs> I guess we're moving on down. <laughs>
0: yeah, technically. <laughs> um, we have a special guest with us. Of course, I'm Jerry and I've got Tracy here. Nothing Hello. special about her. Oh, she's here so, every babe. week. Um, but we've got a friend of mine, Ashley, who wants to start a podcast in the future. And she's sitting in with us today to just kind of learn what a podcaster does. Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, Jerry. Now, Ashley is a little shy, so we won't put her on the spot tonight. She didn't come here to be interviewed, or uh, she wants to just kind of sit in behind the scenes, see what happens that most of you guys don't get to see. So it should be a fun experience. Okay. Uh, Obviously, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all around the world.
2: God bless you all.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we hit a boatload of new reviews this past week. So thank you guys so much for that. So we'll just run into it real quick. Uh the painter Rick, Evil Dupin, Gruff Teddy Bear, Todd L fifteen twenty one, River Rat five fifty nine, who's actually a truck driver up in Crestwood, so thanks for all you do. You guys are underappreciated. Ashley from Nebraska. And uh Ashley, you'll get to hear a story tonight from a young lady that's actually lives in Nebraska. So yeah. I think you may be the only two people who live in Nebraska, but we'll go ahead and
2: You may be neighbors and don't even know
0: it. Yeah, you are probably neighbors. (laughs) Might be 2,000 miles between you, but. Gunner number one, Coffee Bean 99, Java Woman. I wonder if they know each other. I don't know. Julie Ankney. I'm pretty sure I butchered that. And we got Madison McSee. Nice. Thank, Thank you, you guys, guys so yep, much. Absolutely. Uh, Patreon supporters, we had six of you guys this week. Wow. Awesome. Woohoo. Uh, Allison Richards, Kayla Michelle, Stacey Schmidt, Jordan Ballou, Virgil Deaton, and Donna Wolf. Thank you guys so Thank much for you your support. You
2: guys, so appreciate it.
0: We are on new equipment this week. We brought ourselves a, a fancy new computer. It's uh, still used, but it's an upgrade from what we had and uh that's thanks to you Patreon supporters you guys give us your hard-earned money every month and we use it to try to upgrade the show and give you a bunch of bonus content so thank you so much for thank what you, you. Did.
2: you guys rock
0: real quick we got um the store if you go to com, we have our store it's a great time to uh, get some christmas gifts for some people and we added our purple logo if you're on our uh, facebook page we put a purple logo up a while back, and people really liked it, so we've added that now. So if you like that, you can now get that on a shirt or a mug or a shower curtain.
2: Oh, here we go with the shower curtain.
0: Well, I mean, I can't help but to think that Psycho would have been a much better movie.
2: Oh, if we had our logo on if it? If
0: we had that shower curtain, would have had a Hillbilly yeah, Horror Story That's just me.
2: Well, Maybe I'm wrong. You probably are wrong. Okay, great.
0: <laughs> like most of the conversations around here, I'm wrong. Well, you
2: might as well go with the flow, right?
0: But uh, that's up there, and we changed the format a little bit. So if you go to it, it's a little cleaner setup. There was a bunch of logos and stuff that I was able to get rid of yesterday. For some reason, um, it just didn't look as good as it should have. So now it's a little easier to navigate. But get on there and uh, give the gift that keeps on giving, Hillbilly Horror. Horror, Story. yeah, horror. horror. She did say horror. The other that could give keep on giving too, but, yeah, but- that's usually what Doctor. That ended up
2: costing you more money.
0: Yeah. So we have got some cool stories. Hopefully we can get Ashley to chime in at some port, but who knows? At some port? At some port. We're doing this on the dock. (laughs) 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 But we're going to do the Stoll Cemetery, which is in Stoll, Kansas. And that's a really cool story. We're going to hear from Mia from Nebraska a little later. She has an awesome story to tell you. And we're going to do some rock and roll in the occult. I know, um, a lot of you keep wanting us to do some rock stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I'm starting to run out of stuff. So it's taking some deeper digging to come up with some of this stuff. But I think we got three really cool stories. And, uh, you heard the Almond Brothers Midnight Rider leading in. And that is one of the coolest stories that I think you'll hear. Um, uh, a lot of coincidences in that. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that a little bit later, including some Michael Jackson stuff. So beat it. Mm-hmm. Just beat it. Okay. And then we've got, um, what was the other one we're doing? We got, was Jimi Hendrix uh, actually yeah. murdered? Yeah. Well, was he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's jump right into this. Ashley, should we just jump right into this? Just jump right on in. Okay, jump right on in. Stowe Cemetery is located in Stowe, Kansas. It's about 10 miles away from Lawrence. And if you know Kansas at all, and we do.
2: Carry hold on, on
0: Farted or something.
2: I was trying to say Kansas. Is that this Kansas song? Uh,
0: yeah, that's a Kansas song.
2: Ninja didn't fart.
0: Well, what is that smell? Well,
2: but Jerry, I don't know. Was she right in the middle of the story?
0: Yeah, but that stopped me dead in my tracks.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: I think there's something dead in here, and it's not a ghost. It's Ninja's ass. Oh. Well, anyways, okay, so. Now, look,
2: now you got to start all over.
0: Okay, well, no. No, I don't. So, Stole Kansas. Is 10 miles from um, the University of Kansas, which is, what city is the University of Kansas? No, that
2: makes sense. I'm just saying it makes a lot of sense.
0: Okay. (laughs) So the University of Kansas is 10 miles away. And that's going to come into play because the town of Stoll actually has uh, some legends and stories that surrounded that area for over 100 years. What kind of stories, you ask? Well, we're a paranormal show, so it's paranormal stories. I answered before you answered. Because I didn't get I did, Well, I didn't know which direction you would have went. Oh. So, you see, this is where one of the so-called seven gates of hell is located. It's said that the devil himself actually appears here twice a year. But the devil shows up the two nights are on Halloween and the spring equinox. And we'll get into those dates a little bit later. Well, you know the date of Halloween. Same every year. Uh, these legends... Obviously made it into the University of Kansas student newspaper in 1974, which is where all this really started coming to light. The article said that lots of strange occurrences happened in the Stull area, so to speak, but mainly in the the Churchyard Cemetery. The cemetery sits on top of Stull's um, Emanuel Hill. Mm -hmm. And like I said, this is only 10 miles from Lawrence, Kansas, which the university is. So it would make sense that that's where the article came out of. Now, for years, stories of witchcraft, ghosts, and supernatural happening around the area, especially in the cemetery and the crumbling church that was in the area. These stories had been told and retold by parents and grandparents, and the article written claimed that many of the students at the university had their own firsthand accounts. One student claimed that his arm was grabbed by an unseen force, which seems to happen a lot you know, uh-huh. with, uh, in the area. Several others said that they experienced unexplained memory loss when they visited there. So they, no would, they would just show up do stuff, and then they didn't remember big blocks of the time that they were there.
2: I mean, did they remember they were even there?
0: Well, I'm sure they did. They just mm-hmm. don't remember, I guess, what happened there. Now, like many of these places, the article um, had accusations of witchcraft and devil worshipping uh, going on there. Now, the residents of Stoll claimed that none of this is true. They claimed that they had never heard of any of these stories, uh, and they were pretty pissed off that they were saying these things about their town. The pastor of the new church, which is actually right across from the old Kremlin church that was in there, and we'll talk more about the church later, said that he thought basically the the students just made all this stuff up. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case, people really took to these stories. And on March 20th, 1978, which was the spring equinox, 150 people waited at the cemetery to see the devil show up. The word also spread that people who died a violent death were also going to rise that day and return with the devil.
2: Oh, dang, I wouldn't want to be standing around waiting for that.
0: So all through the 1980s up to the day, the stories about Stowe Cemetery have continued to grow. One story is that two men were visiting the cemetery one night. A strong wind started blowing out of nowhere, and it scared both of them real bad. So they ran back to their car as fast as they could, only to find their car was parked on the opposite side of the road from where they parked it and in the opposite direction. So their car had completely switched them across the road and pointed in a different direction while they were in the cemetery.
1: Hmm.
0: Another man he said that he had the same thing happen with the wind, but he was inside the church, not the not the uh the actual graveyard. He said that the wind knocked him down and it wouldn't let him basically move. He was paralyzed for a couple of couple of minutes. It's not the only stories about the church though. Several people claim that they can see it rain all around the church, mm-hmm. but nothing ever gets on the floor of the church. Which is amazing because the church has no roof.
2: I was going to say, how would it do that anyway?
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's no roof on the church. It's been gone for a long time because, like I said, this this thing is in crumbles. It's in shambles. Oh, gotcha. And uh, so that's kind of odd that it would rain mm-hmm. but not get the floor wet. But that's what a lot of people say.
2: Okay, so the night that everybody was there, then nobody saw the devil or anything?
0: It didn't say, but but we'll get into some more conspiracy kind of theory stuff on this a little bit later. The main thing at this church are the steps. These steps are kind of, uh, at this point, we're all kind of grown up with weeds and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, but these are the steps where supposedly the devil does appear. People said that these steps just keep going down, even though you can see where they end it said that you can get on the steps and start walking down and walking down and you'll never get to the end. What? Yeah. Like you just keep going down further and further to hell or whatever the case is. So they said, it, like, if you just start walking and keep walking and keep walking, if you count your steps mm-hmm. and then you turn around and walk up, it's always way less steps than what you walk to get down to get back up to the top. Oh, that's crazy. So let's go back to the devil and his appearances now. Legend says that he's been appearing here since the 1850s. The original name of the town was supposed to be Skull, S-K-U-L-L, and it was later changed to Stull to kind of cover up the fact that what the area was, especially the thoughts for this area was steeped in black magic and they didn't want people to think that. Now, it said that witchcraft practicing early settlers were so guilty about what they had done that they changed the name to Stull. The reality of it is, um, this place was actually named Deer Creek Community until 1899. And then it changed the name to Stull. So it was never named Skull. Stull was the last name of the, um, the first town's postmaster. Mm-hmm. His name was, um, uh, Sylvester Stull and then eventually, uh, changed it to Stollone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually Sylvester Stull was his name. So they named a the town after him. And, unfortunately, the post office closed down, like, four years later in 1903, but the name stayed.
2: Well, that's dumb. Why didn't you just leave it at Deer Crossing? That sounds a lot better, or whatever it was. Well, it was
0: Deer Creek Community. but Whatever. Way, but, anyway, so I don't know why you would name a town after the postmaster. I know. I mean, who's he? Apparently nobody, because he closed down four no, years later. Apparently so. post office was in bad shape then as it is now. So, in 1980, an article appeared in the Kansas City Times that said that the devil picked two places every year— to appear twice. One of them was obviously um, stole, and the other was somewhere on on a desolate plain in India. Both of these appearances happened simultaneously. So the night that he appears in Stull, he also appears at, at India at the exact same time. In case you didn't know what simultaneously means,
2: Well, I do. How is that possible? He's
0: is he devil. like Santa
2: Claus?
0: Yeah, you still believe in Santa Claus, but you can't believe this guy can... Santa Claus can go around the whole damn world in a night he in a stupid sleigh. Don't you say reindeer. nothing bad
2: about him again.
0: Anyway, so he appears simultaneously at midnight. Um, on both of these nights, the devil will actually gather everybody who died a violent death over the uh, past year to prance around the earth at which hour. So hmm. that that's what the the legend of it is. So the question is, why stole? I mean, it's a little hole-in-the-wall town. Nothing against the people it's stole, because they course. obviously have an axe to grind with people. But the article says it's because an event that took place in the 1850s. A stable hand supposedly stabbed the mayor to death in a cemetery at the old stone barn. Years later, that barn was converted into the church, which was then gutted by fire. They said that you could actually go in in a decaying wood cross crucifix that was hanging on the wall, If you walked in there at midnight, that it would turn upside down. No. Another story says that the devil comes to visit a witch that is actually buried there. And there's a headstone close to the church that actually says witch on it, but it's W-I-T-T-I-C-H. So it's Wittich.
2: So nobody knows how to spell back
0: in the day. Well, maybe that was somebody's name, Wittich, and it's just close enough to which were they. W I, what is it? W H I T
2: T? No,
0: there's no H in it at all, but he's oh. close though. He's just oh, Wittich. W I T T. W
2: I T T I C
0: H. Wittich. Wittich. Wittich.
2: Hmm.
0: Now, there's also a tree that was cut down about 15 years or so ago that uh, was supposedly used as gallows to hang condemned witches. So you got that going where they would just hang people that Mm -hmm. were supposed witches back then. Now, could the bones of Satan's child be buried here? That's another uh, conclusion that people came up with. One story is that Satan and a witch had a child. The child was so deformed that it only lived for a few days and the body was buried there in stall. Some say that that child's body, the ghost of the, of the child Mm -hmm. Walks around still here today, and there's even a picture that seems to show a werewolf-type-looking boy Mm -hmm. peeking out from behind a tree.
2: Aw, poor kid. He never had a chance.
0: One of the funniest stories about Stoll is in 1993. uh, It said, and this has actually been debunked already, but it said that Pope John Paul II had his pilot of his private plane fly around eastern Kansas on his way to uh, a speaking engagement he had in Colorado. Because he didn't want to fly over the gate of hell.
2: Mm, I wouldn't want to. Yeah,
0: but that's me. that's not true. though. That's just oh. That was just a story that was made up that everybody kind oh. of circulated. But I thought it was still a funny story. So as the legend grew over the years, the uh, crowd was of people. funny about it? Because the Pope doesn't make very good jokes. I'm sorry. But that's funny.
2: <laughs> Our Pope is cool.
0: But this was the Pope in 93. So. Oh, so okay. Not the same Pope. But as the legend grew. Uh, The crowd of people uh, started getting bigger and bigger. In 1989, because the crowd was so overwhelming on Halloween night, the Douglas County deputies had to put officers outside to start sending people away. They actually handed out tickets for criminal trespassing uh, to anybody who wouldn't leave. They said it was over 500 people showed up the previous year, and the vandalism and stuff was so bad, that's why they were out there ready for them. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, that's kind of a lot of people to be showing up and trying mm-hmm. to get it. Now, as time passed, obviously the residents of Stowe became more and more aggravated that these vandals and trespassers were destroying the property that you know, I guess, and their loved ones and and visitors were actually buried at. So it was an issue for them. They put up a fence around the place uh, and then made sure they patrolled it regularly. And I'm talking about the people of Stowe, not officers. There's always Somebody from the town going around making sure that if somebody shows up even to this day.
2: Wow, no kidding.
0: They make sure that they leave. They don't want anybody on that property.
2: Yeah, that's a shame they have to do that.
0: Or do they have something to hide?
2: Oh, I don't know. Do tell.
0: Yeah, because locals have actually made it clear that visitors are not welcome. So I, I think it's possible they've got something to hide. Now, the church was empty. Think about this. This church was empty for 80 years. Horrible shape. No roof. Why didn't they tear it down? I mean, if there's no paranormal activity to see, why not use the place Halloween to make money for the city, first yeah. of all? If you got people showing up, charge for it. Right. But they don't want to do that, but people were still showing up. So if you don't want them showing up, why wouldn't you just tear down the church? If it was not usable anyway, and it didn't have a roof and all this stuff... Mm-hmm. You know, you could get rid of it. So here's the other thing: Halloween of 1999, reporters, TV, uh, so it was a report from the TV and the and the um, newspaper reporters, the sheriff were all there. Crowds of people coming in, no big deal, but at 11:30, some a representative from the uh, cemetery came out and told them everybody had to leave. Well, if you want to squash these rumors.
2: Yeah, why would
0: you... Why would you make them leave? They're already there. You didn't right. have a problem with them being there. Right. You, you They're had always
2: pl- already looking suspicious. Yeah.
0: Now it's 1130. It's a half hour before a special event and you're just going to come and tell everybody to leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, did something happen at midnight? Probably not. But you could... You got film crews and stuff there if nothing happens. and the, Their whole thing was, well, we don't want the publicity. It just makes it worse. Let them stay an extra half hour, and when nothing happens, and
2: then they would go away. They would report
0: saying nothing happened, and that should kill a lot of it.
2: So you think some of those people in the town had some kind of ritual going on or something?
0: I don't know. It almost sounds like they got something to happen. Something, have they sure, t- yeah,
2: that's sure doesn't make any a- sense. You
0: know, awful aggravated. So, you know, this guy comes out obviously and tells everybody, to "Go away." So they they went away. May or March. I'm sorry, March 29, 2002. The church was torn down. Well, guess what? Major Weiss, who's the owner, he said he didn't authorize it. Nobody in the town knew anything about it. People who lived in there said they weren't told there, was, told there was going to be any demolition. So somebody came in, construction company, they tore down the church, and supposedly nobody authorized it, nobody knows why.
2: Well, see, I'm surprised they hadn't, not maybe the the Ubbity people, but maybe the people in the town, why they didn't destroy it years and years ago.
0: Well, I don't know. That's, because, but see, that's where the conspiracy theory stuff comes from. I'm sure if you know, they did
2: it, they wouldn't. Nobody would say, "Oh, well, who they did it?" You know what I'm saying? If that was
0: right, so I mean, you've got all these different stories, and they don't like anybody coming, but yet,
2: yeah, they didn't, up. they didn't
0: do anything to, to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And then when it did get tore down, it's like a big secret that nobody knows why it happened. And nobody so.
2: knows at all. So then, what happened? That's it. Oh, that well, was I mean, it.
0: Yeah, I mean. There's nothing else for really you to tell. I mean, yeah. the same stuff goes on. People still go up there all the time. All the time. And it's still listed as that. And, but it's just like anything else. If you, you know, I've saw some YouTube videos of people who drove up there and pulled in and they no sooner got into the video, didn't even get out of their car, and somebody was up there telling them they needed to leave.
2: Yeah, that's, that's so, I fishy. Mean, it's
0: heavily guarded for some reason. That's just not a regular cemetery mm-hmm. if you got people camped out. So, there's... I don't know what's going on up there, but something's going on. Yeah, it's it's definitely not as it seems. That's interesting. Ashley, did you like that story? Oh,
2: that's fantastic!
0: All right, that's what I like to hear. That's why you're sitting here.
2: All
1: right,
0: <laughs> what we want to do uh, real quick is I told you we had Mia from Nebraska, and this story I thought was phenomenal. And it, it, you guys know if we if we put a listener story on the main feed, now we do a lot, and it's not taken away from any of these other ones, but we do. Four, five, six of them uh, every month for our Patreon supporters, and they're all great stories. But every once in a while, some of them just really stand out above and beyond, and we like to put it on the main show for everybody to hear, and this was one of those stories. So what I want to do is just go ahead and give you uh, a chance to listen to this, and we'll talk about it when we get back. All right, we are joined on the phone by a listener who uh, sent us some uh, ideas for some stories, and she also said she had some stories that she wanted to share with us. And um, it's some personal stuff. So it took her a little while to work up the nerve. But I'm excited to have Mia from Nebraska on. Mia, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Hi. Good to be
0: on the show. So We had a chance to talk with you for a little bit. You seem like an absolute sweetheart. I know mm-hmm, uh, Tr- Tracy really enjoyed talking with you. I've enjoyed talking with you. And I know you're a little nervous about telling your story, but I am. no need to be nervous. Everybody listening are believers in what you're talking about, and that's why they listen to the show is because they like to hear these things that they've either had happen to them or they know somebody's had something happen, or they wish it would happen to them, and you've actually been lucky enough to see some things, and uh, I'm going to let you tell the listeners what you've experienced.
1: All right. Um, well, it started when I was about seven or six years old. Um, I've been, like, seeing things like, say it was a person that just walks by, and you think it's a real person, but it really isn't. And so you're like, well, did you, did you just see that person just walk by? And they're like, no, I didn't see anybody. Like, oh, maybe I'm just going crazy. But, and then, well, like, it would scare me and, like, just freak me out and think I need help or something, but, reality, it, it's pretty, pretty cool, actually. I kind of enjoy it now, since I got older. But, uh, the first scary one that I saw was when well, I was living in Grand Island, and, just sitting there, just watching the stars and just being alone because I, you know, I needed some alone time away from everybody. So I would just sit there and then there's this random person that's the sitting there staring, staring straight forward. And I would look at him and like, who would be over here at middle of the night? And so I would try to ignore him because I knew it was a ghost. And so excuse my language, but this is what he said. He's like, I know you could see me. I know you can use the big B word, but I do not want to say it. <laughs> but you would just like yell at me because he knew I could see him. And then I would stare straight forward and freaked out. And by the time like he could even say anything else, I got up and ran back to the, to the house. And then I'll see a girl like, in like a white, like white dress, but like dark brown hair. Just walking around my yard. And then, uh, there was this one time I was sitting there with my cousin and he, you know, would go inside and I'd be sitting there and then, cause my cousins, or well, my cousin, he could see, like, ghosts too. Which he kind of helped me through everything and through, like, what I've been seeing and seeing if, like, if that's a real person or a ghost. Cause they look like regular people. And, uh, so there's this little boy that would show, show himself and say, Hey, come here. I want to show you something. And I didn't follow him because I didn't want to. It that some, some, like, legends, they say if you follow a ghost, it'll lead to your death. So I didn't want to follow him. And so my cousin, he was, he's the bravest person you'll ever meet. Um, So he would follow that little boy. And he just told me, Oh, yeah, it's a dead bird. A dead bird? What would he want me to show a dead bird to me? Like, I didn't understand. He's like, Well, sometimes they replay their life and they want to show you how how they died I'm like I don't want to follow them. no way that's crazy so uh the next time like I was living again or no not grandma sorry Kimball at the time and my aunt would tell me I don't know or ask me if there's people that would follow me or her and I go yeah a guy named Matt. And she goes, Matt's here? I go, yeah. And she goes, there's a song that he used to sing to me. And then right then and there, I was singing the song. I never knew it. I never heard of it. There was lyrics I had never, like, read or anywhere. So I would just sing the song. And she would cry. And she goes, yeah, that's the song. That's the song that he dedicated to me. I'm like, she's like, how did you know that? I'm like, he was standing right be- beside you, singing it to you. Just started crying more. <clears throat> and the second time here in Grand Island, um, like, my cousin, she, it's a girl cousin, she called me one time, freaking out. Like, she's like, I need your help, Mia. I need, I need your help. I'm freaking out. Can you please come over? So, because she knew I saw ghosts, but she, I don't know if she believed it or not, or anything like that. So, I went over there. And she's like, "Oh my God, you came! Oh my gosh, I'm like freaking out right now. I need your help." So you know, like, like "Yeah, what's going on? Like, how can I help you?" She goes, "There's this guy downstairs, and I don't know who he is." <coughs> Excuse me. Um, told her that Kimball, um, where we lived was north side of Kimball, and um, she would, uh, I would tell her that this was the old Kimball, and you know, there, yeah, there was cowboys and like old Kimball. And so she looked it up and she's like, wow, that's crazy. And, uh, she's telling me what happened. And I go, yeah, it's a cowboy. He died here. And I described him head, from head to toe. And she freaked out. She goes, Oh my gosh, that's the same guy I saw in my dream. Like you, you described him like to the T. I go, Oh, I did. She's like, yeah. She's like, I totally believe you now. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I ever doubted you. So, oh, <laughs> okay. And you know, I used to help my aunt here clean this little schools here, and I would see little ghosts and other ghosts there. And one time, I like after I saw this, I never went back to that school. Um, <clears throat> there's this guy that was standing right beside my aunt, and then he would disappear in the next room. and go. Auntie, did you just see who, or see that guy? Because what guy? Was that guy that just ran into that room. So I went over there, and he's just standing there, he told me to get out. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, and he was like, he was really evil, I could feel it. And so I'm like, okay, I'm getting out of here, um, I'm not staying here at all. So, We got out of there and I told my aunt what happened because I was freaking out and I needed to go. I told my aunt what happened and she goes, it's gonna be okay. Just ask God for help. I go, I did. (laughs) That was just scary. And then, um, well, my cousin or my boyfriend's sister had a baby that passed away. And, And, um, I didn't know it. Like, I didn't know that she did that and nobody else told me what happened. And um he come up to me and say he told my mommy I said hi and I love her and it wasn't her fault. And I go, Caleb, just calm down. It's gonna be okay. I'll tell her when when you know, I come out with my gift. Just gotta tell her, you gotta tell her. Or well, she'll never know. So just calm down and I'll tell her. So we're sitting on the on the ground outside and I told her, "Um, you probably think of crazy, but Caleb says he loves you and that he, or was it wasn't your fault and he wished you could be here right now. And she just started crying. She's like, how did you know that? How did you know that I lost the baby? And I go, because Caleb told me that he loves you. And she just started crying, and she's like, oh my gosh, I needed that. <clears throat> so, uh, I'm trying to think what what else there was that was kind of creepy. <laughs> um, I can't really think of anything that's, um, hold on, <laughs> sorry. You're okay. I should have all this down, but anyways, um... Like, right now, the house I live in is kind of creeping me out, because I know there's some somebody there, because I tried to heat up uh, some food for my boyfriend, because he was hungry, so I went out, and, like, I swear that I, I thought it was my boyfriend that came um, into the kitchen, and it came, like, really fast, like, he was walking really fast, and I look over, and there was nobody there, I'm like... Uh, that's kind of creepy. And so that's basically my story. If I have any more stories, I'll let you know.
0: Well, I greatly appreciate you coming on because I know it takes a lot of guts to share stuff like that. I mean, that's uh, people always have that um, thought process that if they say stuff like that, you're going to have two ways of thinking. You're either going to say man, that's incredible, and and I wish I had those kind of gifts, or I'm glad I don't have those kind of gifts. And then you feel like there's going to be the other half, if not more, say there's no way any of that's true. She's making it up. So it's tough to share stuff like that because you just don't know um, the thought process of whoever you're talking to. Yeah, because there's people
1: that can see ghosts
0: and, I, and I, I know it I don't doubt that for a second and so let me ask you this on on um let's go back to the the situation with the uh the baby with the the young lady who had lost a child mhm how did the how did the child appear to you I mean it was it what did, did it look like a baby did it look like just an energy? No.
1: Um, I believe that, um, people who are older and die, like, say, a person's grandma, they come back younger than they were before. Cause, you know, it was their peaceful state. It was their, their, felt, felt better kind of state, you know? And I believe ba- babies who die as babies, they come back like a little bit older, say about six or twelve. He was about he was about seven. Okay, he, he looks seven, anyways. I don't I don't really know.
0: I mean, that's the kind of <laughs> but things he that, older. That's the kind of things that I always wondered. I heard a psychic one time, and I can't remember who it was. It was one of the the bigger names out there, but they said that when older people die, they they come back at around age thirty. And I thought, well, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. But what about people who pass away before they even get to thirty? You know, how do they come back? Yeah.
1: Um. Usually, like, if they die in their
0: twenties, they're still in their twenties. So if they try, that's if, how I think of it. If they die mm-hmm. in a tragic accident or something, they don't come back in that state. They come back in mm-hmm. a in a state that they were happy in in life, right? Yes.
1: Yes, they do, actually, because I know my—I saw my cousin that passed away not too long ago. She was—she had come back all made up, like, you know, because she was at peace. I mean, I believe that people that die like that and they're more at peace, they do come back like that. Like, they were, you know, dead.
0: So let me— like— Let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced anybody— uh, has anybody ever shown themselves to you that had committed suicide? Oh, actually, yes. And, yes. Did, and did you get... Go
1: kind of, ahead. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Just, <laughs> no, you're
0: okay. Babe. What what kind of information did you get from them? Did you get any kind of indication that even though they had committed suicide, that there was some kind of peace in the afterlife? Because, you know, the, the, depending on what religion you are, some people believe that if you commit suicide that that's just a straight ticket to hell, no ifs, ands, or buts. And then some people believe that uh that's not necessarily the case because it depends on your frame of mind. It depends on if you're in sound mind, it depends on what kind of tragedies you've gone to. So there's so many different philosophies. What have you what did you get out of the experience that you had? Um, I got out
1: of it like it was, you know, some of them come like peaceful but some of them come evil. Um, I think some of them do find heaven and some of them don't. That's how I got from it. Like the last one I saw I felt peace. But it just kinda of depends on what where they at we're at in their life at that moment. Well
0: here's That's another- how I feel about it. <laughs> here's another question and Based on, you know, the philosophy, there's, there's all kinds of different. Once again, it depends on the religion that you are and what you believe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Bible speaks, if you're, if you're a Christian, at least it speaks of, you know, when you die, you basically are s- supposedly, um, here until the rapture. And at that point in time, God's going to take up all the souls and and take the ones that are going with him. But you're pretty much here until then. But if that's the case, I can't imagine that there are spirits walking around, so to speak, the earth and showing themselves. Because from what I've always understood, you would basically be inside your body, even though you really aren't. But that's kind of where you're at until the rapture. But... You obviously see people that are interacting with with, uh, people who are alive and what have you. What kind of thought process have you had uh, from your visions and everything on what happens when somebody passes away? Are there people who go to the light, so to speak, and cross over into a heaven right then? Because if that's the case, that's not what a lot of people have been told. Uh, according to the biblical sense what kind of what what do you see what do you think based on what you've seen
1: um well I think um some of them are basically here because they have unfinished business that's what I think um yeah I mean you could tell them go to the light but some of them don't really go to the light but yeah some of that I
0: what you just said was kind of what I kind
1: of believe, but not really.
0: Like I believe they have unfinished business and that's why they're here. Because, yeah, I guess... I was going to say, I guess... Sorry. No, it's okay. I I guess the question is if what I was taught growing up is that nobody goes to heaven until the rapture, then what happens when somebody goes to the light? Because that sounds like they're crossing over into heaven, but that would contradict what what I've been taught my whole life. If you can, you know, if there's a way to die right now and go straight to heaven, that's just not what I've been told happens, and that's what I've always been curious about with some of this stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it really, um, what you believe is totally different than what I believe, but, I mean, I'm not, like, um... Judging you about what
0: you believe, but oh, I don't know what I believe to be honest with you. That's just what I've been taught. I I have no clue oh, what really? I believe. I am so um, confused about what I believe today as to what I was taught. That's why. I, that's why I said what I was taught growing up because uh, I I really have no clue what I believe. I am more confused than I've ever been in my life on my belief system right now.
1: Oh, <laughs> um. Well that is to me I just really do believe that, you know, they're here to do some unfinished business and they can't leave until they do that unfinished business. And I've been told to help them find the way, but so I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like I I try and they still stuck. And I mean, yeah, it's also I have to see evil too, so I forgot to tell you a little story that I kind of encountered with somebody evil. <clears throat> um, Well, I was, this was back in Grand Island, and I was playing outside with my cousins, and we had this storm cellar that had a big hill on it, and it would just, like, go down in, in there for, like, tornadoes or whatever mm-hmm. one time i was walking around and i looked down there and i saw these two red eyes and the feeling i had was like red it was like evil like you can't you can't stand there and then like okay well i'm gonna leave and my brother told me that he uh, was t- uh one time he was talking and he heard heard some or uh, something that goes at that, and then it just get deeper and then deeper and then deeper and then deeper. And it's like my brother was so scared; he didn't know what to do. Like he came. He said he almost peed himself. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, that's good to know, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, like some of them are just plain evil, and some of them are good. I mean, yeah, I do believe that. The ones that are evil, they stay here on Earth because they want to turn people against people and, you know, just, like, possession, you know. Like, yeah, I do believe that, but if you don't want them to possess you, you don't have to let them in. Like, it's kind of like rules that they had to go by. Just like ghosts, they had to go through this rule or that rule, and it just kind of weird it's like they have rules that they can't do or that's not how i feel about it i mean basically i
0: don't know well i think it's good i think they need rules that way we got some kind of guidelines we can go by yeah yeah (laughs) well mia thank you so much for coming on the show i greatly appreciate it and like i said i think uh, a lot of people out there listening will enjoy what you had to say
1: yeah, Um. and also I want to tell everybody, if you guys are scared to say, tell, tell people your story, don't be. Like, if they think you're crazy, then you don't need that kind of person in your life.
0: I agree so. 100%. <laughs> so, well, well, thank you so much, darling, and I'll talk to you soon. All
1: right,
2: thank you. Bye.
0: That's almost like the sixth sense type stuff, just see dead people all the time. It
2: sure was.
0: I see dead people all the time.
2: You do?
0: Yeah, well, wow. they're at the cemetery and funerals
2: well i don't
0: count okay well i mean i just want to fit in
2: well it don't count
0: okay mia thank you for sharing your story i know thank that you was, mia i know that was very tough for you to do it because sure was, you, you talked to us on the phone for probably 30 minutes before we did that and it took you a while to get up the nerve to tell us um to even call us to tell us the story but we greatly appreciate it and we think it will actually benefit a lot of people out there yeah
2: thank you for sharing that
0: are you ready to hear some rock and roll stuff?
2: Yeah, Ashley,
0: you ready to hear some rock and roll stuff? Always. This is your favorite kind of stuff. It so, is. all right, we're going to start off with some Michael Jackson stuff, and I don't know how I hadn't heard this already because this actually was pretty big news. Oh, um, it's been on in Vanity Fair. It was on CNN, and the story basically goes that Michael Jackson got involved with some voodoo priest and had three separate ceremonies. One of which he was cleansed with sheep blood. Ooh. In another, he paid $150,000 to have 42 cows ritually sacrificed in Africa so he could curse his enemies and be blessed. Two of his enemies, by the way, were Steven Spielberg and David Geffen.
2: Who's David Geffen? David
0: Geffen is the, uh, the music mogul. He, he was Michael's manager for a oh, time. He was yeah. on his record label for a while. But apparently, he was uh like on Michael was on his record label during like a slump mm-hmm. in his career. It was after oh. Thriller and uh-huh. things had started to decline a little bit. So, and and Spielberg apparently had asked him to do some projects or talked to him about doing some projects, but then never followed through with it.
2: Oh, so well, that's whack.
0: Yeah. But it was, it, they were two of the ones that were named, but it was mostly other people that were closer. But he actually was trying to put curses on these people. So the ceremonies actually took place in Geneva, Switzerland, and they had to send a transfer, a money transfer to Africa to have the cows murdered.
2: That sounds like a scam. The- <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. seriously. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jackson. If you could only send me $150,000 American currency. That's a that's an Indian accent. I don't know where that came from.
2: Ah, uh, don't. don't they
0: were Indian elephants. Oh, they were cows. Never mind. We're completely off track. <laughs> they wouldn't do that in India because they're sacred. I in mean, India. No,
2: I mean, seriously. If you think about what you just said, it certainly sounds like a scam. Like somebody was scamming. Well, but I'm, sure, is,
0: I'm sure it was.
2: Oh my gosh!
0: So, so they sent this money to Africa, killed these cows.
2: How did he come with forty two cows? Is what I want to I know. No idea. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead.
0: And in the third ritual. They had actual animals that were on the French and Swiss border, and that was going to go down. And for some reason, it just didn't happen. But that was for another blessing. So that actually happened. That was told from Michael Jackson to this Marine Orth in Vanity Fair 2003. Oh
2: my gosh. Michael, like, he told that story. He's Seriously. Oh, he's dead. You can't talk about it. Like,
0: no he's more. a dead nut job. Aww. Either way, that's like fruitcake.
2: Fruit cake.
0: Yeah, you ever had fruit cake. It's almost That's like something been No, them.
2: I will never have fruit cake.
0: Okay, well, this is a story. We're not going to end on this one, but I think this is maybe the most fascinating of the stories. Was Jimi Hendrix actually murdered? No? I you don't have a clue. I've heard, do you? Well,
2: no, but I've heard <laughs> some things that kind of make you think about the situation
0: well i'm sure we're going to talk about those things yeah i I won't put you on the spot and ask you what those things are
2: well thank you you know because (laughs) i can't say them
0: (laughs) now we've all heard that Jimi hendrix choked to death on his own vomit yes i don't know that that's the story there's a lot of questions about what happened that day though that never really came out and like for example that's
1: terrible
0: All right, nobody ever interviewed the ambulance driver or the doctor from the ER before putting a death certificate out. Now, the rumors that were actually reported said that he had taken nine sleeping pills and he had wine oozing out of his mouth and almost a whole bottle of wine in his hair. This was according to the police report that was, you know, where they had found him at. Now, you also got the report from Monica Daneman. Now, Monica Daneman was somebody that he barely, barely knew. He only knew her for a short time, and she actually worked for his manager, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, which will be our main suspect. Now, Monica Daneman, Jimmy had went to an old girlfriend's house that night in London. They were in England. He went to an old girlfriend's house and spent some time with her. Monica Daneman pulled up in her car and started laying on the horn
2: uh-huh. to
0: the point where he just got up told the girl he was leaving, and then he went with her and went back to her hotel room, mm-hmm. okay? Now, this was the night that he actually died. And that's the room where they actually found Jimmy. Now, she says that she got up, went to the store to get a pack of cigarettes, and he was fine. Now, when the when the ambulance driver and stuff showed up, there was nobody there. The door was open so they could come straight in. And nobody has any record of who called the ambulance. So she just leaves, leaves the door wide open, unlocked, and nobody knows an ambulance called. Now, she also says that in her story that she made Jimmy a tuna fish sandwich because he wanted one. And then she left to go to the store.
2: Wait, I thought he didn't like tuna fish. He
0: doesn't. He absolutely hated tuna fish and would never eat a tuna fish sandwich. So that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So why would he be murdered? Well, James Wright, which goes by Tappy, James Tappy Wright, he says that Jimmy's manager, Michael Jeffrey, stood to collect millions of dollars off of his insurance policy. Mm -hmm. James Wright was an assistant to Mike Jeffrey, and he said Michael Jeffrey, in a drunken confession, said that he killed Jimmy by stuffing pills into his mouth. Why? Because the pills kill the gag reflex. So with no gag reflex, he had several men come in, hold him down, and pour bottles of red wine down his throat. And with no gag reflex, it went straight into his lungs. Dang. He was basically waterboarded, just like you hear with all the Uh torture and stuff going on. Now that makes sense because the autopsy report only showed Jimmy having the equivalent of about two beers. Now, if he had enough wine coming out of his mouth to where there was a whole bottle of wine in his hair, but there was only two beers worth of alcohol in his system, that doesn't make sense. No. That sounds amazingly like um, most of this alcohol went into his system after he was already dead. Mm-hmm. And that ties right in to what this guy is basically saying that this this went right into his lungs, he choked to death on that, and most they just kept pouring, but now there's no blood pumping in his body, so the alcohol is not going to get into his bloodstream. Why kill Jimmy? That's that's the question here. Jeffrey had gotten wind that Jimmy was actually going to leave him for another manager. The problem with that is Mike, Mike Jeffries had actually borrowed about a million dollars from the mob to build Electric Ladyland Studio. And if you don't have Jimi Hendrix, which was his only real client, he's got no way to pay the mob back. And we know what happens when you don't pay the mob back their money. Yeah. So let's go back to how Jimi was found. He was actually alone on his back. He said the door was open. The gas fireplace was on. No record of the ambulance. The cause of death was listed as barbiturates, intoxication, which were the pills, and inhalation of vomit.
2: Mm. This sounds like a horrible way to go.
0: Right. Now, Wright says that he overheard Jeffrey telling Monica Daneman, that was the one whose room it was, well done, darling, here's your money. He didn't know what that was in reference to at the time, because at this point, they didn't know that Jimmy was dead.
2: Wait, who said that? I'm sorry. Who said that? Wait. He
0: heard Mike Jeffries, Jimmy's okay. manager, say that to to Danneman This is the same guy that uh Wright, Tappy Wright, that says okay. that he was the assistant. Mm-hmm. So he was in there. He overhears him saying, hey, basically, well done, darling. Here's your money. Then he finds out later that Jimmy's dead. Now, he wasn't sure, obviously, what he was referring to until Mike Jeffries had his little drunken confession talk with him. Wright said at Jeffries face was pale during this conversation. So when he's telling him this and he said that he had like, he was clutching his glass, his drinking glass with like so much rage that you could tell he was pissed off just talking about it. He said, he said, look, I had to do it. Tappy, you understand, don't you? I had to, You you know, damn well what I'm talking about. And, you know, he's like, He was in some, Jeffrey said that he was in London with some friends. We went to Monica's room, got a handful of pills, stuffed it into his mouth, and poured a few bottles of of wine right into his windpipe. He said that Jimmy was worth more to him dead than he was alive, and the son of a bitch was going to leave me. If I lost him, I'd lose everything. So that was his confession that he told Tappy. Hmm. How much of it's true, who knows. But I can tell you this. The the girl that he was over to seeing his former girlfriend uh, the night that Monica Daneman came out was honking the horn. Less than about about a year after his funeral, she killed herself by jumping off the Hotel Chelsea. Oh
2: my!
0: Which, if you're unfamiliar with the Hotel Chelsea, we need to do a whole story on that because all kinds of bad shit happened, mm-hmm. uh, including um, uh, what's the little girl the little Asian girl that went missing and she ended up in the water tank. On top, that's actually the Hotel Chelsea. Oh, so um, can't think of Renee name right off the bat, but everybody knows that story because they've all seen the video of her getting on and off the elevator and all that mm-hmm. weird shit that went on. But um, that's actually the same hotel. So this girl, his ex-girl, or ex-girlfriend, jumps off of the area after his funeral. Monica Daneman, the chick that supposedly helped oh. set him up, she committed suicide two years later in her Mercedes Benz. She ran a hose to the exhaust from the exhaust pipe to the inside. Uh, killed herself with carbon monoxide poison. Mike Jeffries, his manager, the one that supposedly did all this, he was a master of explosives. He knew he was like a part of a, a James Bond M16 or whatever it's um, whatever it's called. It's like mm-hmm. a, 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 a fan club James Bond deal. But he was a master of explosives. and He scared the hell out of people. A lot of people were just petrified of him. And he actually even had a situation where Jimmy – had tried to cross the, the border into Toronto, Canada, mm-hmm. and he got caught with heroin. Well, Jimmy always said he thought that this guy planted that in his, Jeffries, his manager, planted that into his suitcase just to kind of prove a point. Two weeks before Jimmy died, he was kidnapped. Jimmy was kidnapped and and tied up and put into a garage. Who came to his rescue? Mike mm-hmm. Jeffries. Mm-hmm. So did Mike Jeffries come to his rescue or was he just trying? Was he the one that set it up to happen yeah. to prove a point to Jimmy of what he was capable of doing?
2: So, all these people that killed themselves, like, I mean, was it just their
0: conscience? I, I don't know. Or maybe a curse. So, here's the weird thing about Mike Jeffries. Of course, we said, now this could be two ways of looking at it. He was an expert in
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, explosives, but he was actually uh, supposed to be coming back from Spain to England for an inquest uh, to find out some stuff. Well, the plane that he was on exploded. <gasps> the only thing that was ever found of Mike Jeffries was his wristwatch.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: So, did he blow the plane up? Was he even on the plane? Did he blow the plane up and have his wristwatch there just so they would yeah, think they even he was Yeah, they would think dead? he was on the plane. Who knows?
2: Dang, man.
0: So, some strange stuff there. So...
2: That is a, that's a that is a lot to, a lot take to go. In. It is. That's a lot to go through but too.
0: It makes you definitely realize that there may be been more there yeah. than meet the eye. Wow, that's so crazy. Ashley, are you a Hendrix fan?
1: A little before my time, but yeah, I mean, I like
0: it. How old are you?
2: Thirty-one.
0: Okay, it's not that far before. <laughs> 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 a
2: little bit. It is a little bit. Yeah.
0: All right. This was. This is what I think is the coolest story tonight. We're going to talk about the Almond Brothers. Well, if you don't know Hendrix, I'm sure you probably don't know the Almond Brothers either, do you? Lord, I was
2: born a rambling man.
0: Okay, this is not America's Got Talent. This is Hillbilly Horror Story, so let's move on.
2: I'm trying to help her out.
0: Do you know any other song besides that? Yeah. Which one?
2: Well, I can't do it because now I've got that song on my brain. <laughs> What, how, uh, tell me another. How one.
0: about Midnight Rider that we actually oh, put in the Midnight beginning of the Rider. show? And how about uh, the um uh, whipping post saloon?
2: No, I don't know that one. I don't. Know, I mean, I probably would have
0: heard it. Actually, post saloon.
2: Yeah, but I probably not, would know it if you're I. You're not going to
0: hear it from me. All right. So this is all the Allman Brothers, and I think this is one of the coolest stories ever. Dwayne Allman, he's the guitarist for the band. October 29th, 1970, he OD'd on opium. Massive dose of opium. And this was after a show in Nashville. So they rush him to the hospital. The doctor comes out about an hour later and says, he's not going to make it. This is, this is beyond what we got any, any help doing. Now, Barry Oakley, who was a great friend of his and the bassist, he runs out to the parking lot. Several people see this. Drops to his knees, and he starts begging to God loudly. Everybody's hearing him. He's like, Lord, just please give him one more year. They go back inside. 20, 30 minutes later, the doctor comes out and says, I can't explain this, but I think he's going to make it now. I think he's going to make a full recovery.
2: Yay, God.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Exactly one year to the day. Dwayne Allman was killed when his motorcycle oh. ran into the back of a truck.
2: Oh, geez.
0: He hit it so hard. I can't. That it, the motorcycle flew up in the air, landed back on top of him.
2: Oh, my gosh. And he had
0: so many internal injuries. It was He died at the hospital, had no shot at all at making it. Oh. So... Barry Oakley goes out to the parking lot, begs God to give him one year, and exactly one year later, he's killed in a motorcycle accident. So, oh, my
2: goodness. I mean, just think about
0: that. So, yeah. So, that's what just happened. Now, Barry Oakley, who went out and did the praying, exactly one year and an unlucky 13 days later from that, died in a motorcycle oh. accident when he was hit by a bus. About two blocks from where Dwayne Allman's accident happened.
2: Oh, my goodness. On the same street. That's so crazy.
0: Now, the thing that I think really kind of ties all this together, besides that, is the number 24. Dwayne Allman, when he died, was was 24 24 years old. Barry Oakley, when he died, was 24 years old. The gentleman in the bus that hit Barry Oakley, 24 years old. And the gentleman that was driving the truck that killed Dwayne Almond twenty four years old.
2: Dang on
0: it! So the number but they 20- were
2: okay though, right? Yeah, the number no, the, the number
0: twenty four was was wild. That wildly. is not good. Some people think it's because of the Robert Johnson curse. You remember Robert Johnson? Yeah. He sold his soul to the devil, devil. Uh-huh. at the crossroads, and he claims that the devil taught him to play the guitar in the cemeteries. Well, the Almond brothers really were big fans of Johnson. And they used to go to Rose Hill Cemetery in Georgia, and that's where they would practice and play. In they the would cemetery? At, they would hang out at the cemetery because of the Robert Johnson deal. Wow. So they would go there, and several of their songs were actually written in Rose Hill Cemetery. And we both know that Robert Johnson supposedly sold the soul to the devil, so who knows if that's got a connection to it. Now, Dwayne and Barry actually have one more final connection. Even though Dwayne died a year and 13 days earlier than Barry, they were actually buried at Rose Hill Cemetery on the same day.
2: How's that happen?
0: Well, because Dwayne, it's a a kind of a screwed up kind of story. Dwayne had a girl on the back of his motorcycle Mm -hmm. when he got killed. Mm -hmm. She said she was his wife. She wasn't his wife. Dwayne already had a wife. So this girl was just a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Dane had a wife, and he had a daughter. And there was a f- kind of a fight as to what to do with him, who got this, who got that.
2: So the, the girlfriend this, the, lived. It, yeah, yeah.
0: It drug on for over a year mm. before they were able to actually lay him to rest. Wow. And when they were able to do it, they laid him to rest the same day that Barry Oakley was. That's gross. At Rose Hill Cemetery, where they had practiced and well, wrote and, all these Well,
2: songs. I mean, that's kind of nice that they did that, but why? Well, I mean... A whole year, they couldn't, I mean...
0: Uh, I mean, they couldn't decide what to do with the body. one of them wanted one thing, one of on one wanted the other, and you had those kind of fights between a, between a mother and the daughter. See,
2: that's so crazy. I, I don't understand for the life of me why people act like that, especially so, somebody's death. But but it is kind of cool, though, that they got buried the same day at the same cemetery. That's yeah, kind of
0: cool. There's a lot of connections between them two. So they were connected during life, and they're connected uh-huh. after life.
2: They're like, hey... I Know you, right?
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's what he did. He did? Um, <laughs> so, anyways, that's the story that we got. Well, so, that's we,
2: really interesting. So we had
0: three uh creepy little rock and roll stories, yeah, to get to. and then uh, obviously, we had Mia's cool story, yeah, and then Stole Cemetery. Yeah, so, I think that was it was, good, it was babe, a pretty, pretty packed show. Ashley uh got to learn some stuff did you learn some stuff I did did. okay good it's so
2: nice to have you here Ashley and you know my gosh when you get your podcast started you're gonna do a great job and you know it's just like we have to learn as you go and and it'll be wonderful
1: absolutely well I've got great teachers oh well
2: thank you Jerry does great and if you need
0: help with with us we'll help you too (laughs) (laughs) but uh hey guys thank you so much we appreciate it and um We look forward to seeing you next week. Have no idea. Well, I kind of know what next week's goes. I know we're going to have the guys on from don't break the oath podcast. Um, they had horrible sound for a long time and they've got it fixed and I kid them about it. Uh, interviewed Lee earlier today and he's actually told us some stories, one of which is in Kentucky about an hour away from us. And I had no clue. I'd never heard of it. It took somebody 4,000 miles away to tell me about something in my backyard.
2: Oh, wow. I want to know what that is.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, so they came out as a cool interview with them and, and some cool stories that they're sharing from all the way across the pond. And uh, we love them guys. And like I said, the, I want you to give them a chance now because they've upgraded all their equipment and the show sounds fantastic now. So if you listened to them before and and was deterred a little bit by the sound, uh, give them another chance. I think you'll be excited about it.
2: And we'd also like your feedback about how our new stuff sounds as well. So,
0: Yep. Yeah, um, you guys have pitched in and helped us get better equipment. Uh, so good. You're probably hearing ninja snorting in the oh background my as God, we speak. he is
2: like big time snorting.
0: <laughs> but uh, we love you guys and uh, we'll see you soon.
2: Love you guys.